Hi, it's David here. Please subscribe to The Leader to make sure you get our news, analysis, interviews and commentary every day at 4pm. Drop us a line on social media too. Use the hashtag TheLeaderPodcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Three tiers just begun. Is the circuit breaker round the corner? Boris Johnson at Prime Minister's Questions did not rule it out, but he made clear that what the government want to do at the moment is to try to give their new three-tier system time. Our Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecil on why the government's not ruling it out, but reluctant to make it happen. And... The global prize for being the first to get a vaccine is very big. And so it's understandable that lots of people are interested in that. And obviously not everybody uh, wants to get it by fair means. Home Affairs editor Martin Bentham on the foreign saboteurs trying to disrupt the UK's coronavirus research. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, is the circuit breaker inevitable? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. At Prime Minister's Questions, Boris Johnson was repeatedly harassed by Sakia Starmer about the option of the UK having a so-called circuit breaker, shutting down the country for around two weeks to stop the spread of coronavirus. I want to avoid the misery of another national lockdown, replied the PM. But... I rule out nothing, of course, in, in combating the virus. But we are going to do it with the local, the regional approach that can drive down and will drive down the virus if it is properly implemented. Some scientists are backing the idea of more stringent measures to control the virus, but it could cause enormous economic harm, with businesses warning of permanent closures if they're forced to temporarily shut their doors. Our editorial column says it's right to give the current three-tier system a chance to prove itself. Circuit breaker may sound scientific, but for all the talk of it being only a short measure, the reality is that it is likely to turn into weeks. As the first lockdown showed, it's much easier to close things than to reopen them. There will be a severe danger of drifting on until Christmas, as the lag between restrictions and their effects will not be seen until close to the festive season. 
Instead, it seems sensible to give the new three-tier system, unveiled on Monday, time to prove its efficacy. It is more focused than a crude national shutdown and means that lockdown can still be imposed in the worst affected areas, while leaving other parts with fewer infections free of excessive restrictions. Our deputy political editor Nicholas Cecil is here. There's a lot of pressure being applied on the government to impose a circuit breaker, Nicholas. Is it on the cards? It's not on the cards immediately. Boris Johnson at Prime Minister's questions um, at lunchtime today did not rule it out. But he made clear that what the government want to do at the moment is to try to give their new three-tier system time to see whether it can get a grip with this coronavirus epidemic. And three-tier system has barely started, really, hasn't it? Yes, it only actually comes into force today. It will apply definitely to Liverpool. Uh, There's also a gold-level meeting between ministers and officials today to discuss putting other areas, um, particularly in the North and Midlands, into Tier 3. But there's already growing opposition to that, being, being, being led by the Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham. And some of the town hall leaders up there in Manchester area are now saying that they would prefer a circuit breaker rather than going into Tier 3, which they fear will last for weeks and weeks, if not months and months. What is the opposition within the Conservative Party to doing a circuit breaker and, you know, obviously having to close down all those businesses and the pubs and the restaurants and all the things that that entails? Well, the concerns are mainly the economic damage that such a circuit breaker would do. For example, former Tory leader Ian Duncan Smith uh, was saying this morning, this is not a circuit breaker, it's a business breaker. There are also doubts among some people on the Tory backbenchers over how effective it will be. But politically, there's also been a development now because the Labour leader, Sir Keir Starmer, is firmly backing a circuit breaker, um, which was recommended by the Scientific Advisory Group on Emergencies three weeks ago. And so there's a clear political dividing line now. He's saying that it's needed to avoid the country sleepwalking into a long and bleak winter. Now, what, what he's proposing is not closing schools, but you would see pubs, bars and restaurant close uh, with compensation for firms so that they didn't lose out. But even so, it, it would be very damaging to, to some businesses. So did Sakia Starmer's, I suppose, intervention last night make it harder for the government to say, OK, let's do the circuit breaker option? Yes, it does, because um, the government has already made a series of U-turns um, during the coronavirus crisis. And this is the first time that Labour has very much put itself at odds with the government strategy, uh, which will make the government more reluctant to, to go for a circuit breaker. If the government is then asking people to give them a bit of time to see if the tier system works, has there been any indication of how long that will be needed? Now, new measures normally take two to three weeks before it's clear whether they're having an impact. And certainly the number of cases and hospitalizations and very unfortunately deaths linked to COVID have been rising in, in many areas. So there's a feel that perhaps the government is again behind the curve on fighting the virus. In Northern Ireland this morning, they announced a lockdown. Um, and in, in Wales, they are seriously considering such a move. 
next. And obviously, they have some medically trained staff, in fact, so they've released some of those at the time. And then, yes, the other thing he talked about was, of course, MI5 has done research into the dispersal of chemical agents and so on. Martin Bentham on the perhaps surprising role of MI5 in the UK's coronavirus defences. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. MI5 says it's having to protect research into a coronavirus vaccine from interference by saboteurs. Britain's top spy, Ken McCallum, says the pandemic's brought an intense phase of new challenges for the service. And he revealed a few other things too. Our Home Affairs editor, Martin Bentham, was listening in and he's with me now. Martin, what are the threats that MI5 is having to keep our vaccine research safe from? Uh, well, the new head of MI5, who's giving his first media appearance today, uh, albeit online, was making the point that, like everybody else, COVID has dominated. And one of the things he mentioned was this issue of protecting the integrity of our world-beating coronavirus research. And he made the point that, first of all, the global prize for being the first to get a vaccine is very big. And so it's understandable that lots of people are interested in that. And obviously, not everybody uh, wants to get it by fair means. So what he was talking about was the, the risk of people trying to steal it or indeed interfere with it in some shape or form, manipulate data, and first of all, either to undermine the credibility and the, the, the efficacy of any of any work that's going on, and also to undermine its credibility in particular, and to make it unreliable, because if you obviously skew the data or whatever, and the data doesn't stack up. So, but when you think about it, I suppose it makes it makes unfortunate sense, doesn't it, that people who see this as a, a matter of competition, which it hardly should be, but on the other hand, given that there are fears, aren't there, there'll be a fight for who can get hold of enough vaccine and who can get the rewards for producing it first, that this sort of thing might happen. And the prestige, I mean, it's not so much about, I wouldn't have thought about commercial reward, it's more about the prestige also of having it. But yeah, it was quite an interesting warning, clearly. He didn't name who might be targeting a UK virus, but it is interesting that Later on, he did talk about the issues being faced by nation states, isn't it? Russia, China, that type of thing. Yes, I mean, they've talked before about this and he gave quite a bit more detail about the malign influence and malign actions of of China and Russia. Um, In respect of China, he talked quite interestingly about how... moves to try to interfere in our democratic processes and indeed not just ours but he said that MI5 had helped to thwart uh, something which was aimed at the European Union and you know, discrediting something negative towards them which he cited as an example which which I'm sure is correct of how our security service and other intelligence agencies are going to be uh, continuing cooperating with our European partners and trying to help them where they can in a mutually beneficial way post-Brexit, which we're now in that phase, of course, talked about both China and Russia in terms of hostile state activity, again, intellectual property theft and so on, but also just this trying to influence political debate. And he talked about the threats to, to democracy of using troll farms, social media influencing campaigns, and all these type of different areas where the states that want to 
undermine our states and our businesses or to steal from our businesses, for example, are continuing to be active and in some cases more active. And in the case of China, he said it's a difficult balance because we, there are global opportunities for us. We want to cooperate on issues like climate change with the Chinese and indeed there are commercial opportunities. So it's a, it's a difficult judgment and sensitive one, but he did say that well, whilst we should be trying to take those opportunities and do that and work in a positive way and get the good things out of working with China, there are also risks to working with them that we need to be very careful about. And the same would really reply to, to Russia, which again has had um, hostile intent, as we saw in the Salisbury poisoning. And uh, Mr. McCallum, mentioned the Alex Navalny poisoning, which happened and obviously went to Germany, uh, survived the uh, Novichok poisoning. I thought it was really interesting how much he revealed about how much MI5 is actually working on... COVID-19 itself. He was talking about helping to build hospitals and actually helping with research as well, wasn't he? Yes. Well, he, he, he talked about that. And obviously, they have some medically trained staff, in fact, so they released some of those at the time of the, the initial pandemic at its height. And presumably, that may well happen again, actually, as, as things unfortunately deteriorate. And then, yes, the other thing he talked about was, of course, MI5 has done research into the dispersal of chemical agents and so on to understand how better to protect because one of their roles is in protective security so they're experts and give advice to all sorts of building projects and and town halls and so on about how to protect the public realm and how to protect protect commercial premises part of that protective work has also been aimed at understanding how viruses and and uh, so biological agents might spread and so what they've done is try to, to use some of that expertise and contribute to that to understanding how droplets in this case containing covid19 might spread clearly another area of the great technical expertise which exists within a, a, an organisation like MI5 being put to uses and positive uses, which you wouldn't necessarily have thought were top of the list of things that you'd expect them to do. And that's The Leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>